Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. I got up in the morning, got tested, and turns out I got COVID. So we immediately threw the kitchen sink at it. All kinds of meds, monoclonal antibodies, uh, ivermectin, Z-Pak, uh, prednisone, everything. Well, that's uh, podcasting megastar Joe Rogan, who uh, I've seen referred to as the, the uh, male version of Gwyneth Paltrow, which um, I took at the heartstrings of our next guest a little bit in there, but... Um, Anyway, look, yes, Joe Rogan uh, has COVID, and it's a little odd, I, I got to admit, that for somebody who has uh, for so long downplayed concerns over COVID, that when he got it and it hit him hard, that his response was to throw the kitchen sink at it, in his own words. And, you know, if, of all of that list, if anything probably helped, it might have been the uh, the antibody treatment, but... You know, the good news is there's a safe and easy way for all of us to generate our very own antibodies. It's called uh, vaccination. But among that list, he mentioned ivermectin. And it feels like we're going through the whole hydroxychloroquine thing all over again. And the idea of a off-the-shelf, retool an existing medicine, really put the boots to COVID. I mean, it sounds really appealing. Wouldn't it be great if we could do that? But that's not the reality, unfortunately. But that hasn't stopped a whole lot of uh, hype and controversy around ivermectin, the idea that this is being suppressed. And now people are going out of their way to obtain it. I don't know how Joe Rogan got it. He's got a lot of resources at his disposal. But people are getting kind of desperate. And one of the ways you can get your hands on ivermectin is through uh, a veterinary uh, clinic. It's used as a dewormer for, for horses, for example. That's a very dangerous form of the medication to take. And people are getting sick as a result. Now, obviously, uh, ivermectin is an antiparasitic. It's definitely had some benefit for things it's designed to treat. Joining us to talk more about uh, this whole controversy, very pleased to welcome to the program here this afternoon, Dr. Timothy Caulfield, Canada Research Chair in Health Law and Policy at the University of Alberta, also Research Director at the Health Law Institute, the author of several books, including his most recent, Relax, Damn It, and also is Gwyneth Paltrow and Maybe Joe Rogan wrong about everything. Tim Caulfield, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on, Rob. So Joe Rogan's an interesting case study here, and here's someone with a big, big following, uh, someone who's, who's certainly admired by his his fans, who's basically saying, you know, look, if you get COVID, you should take ivermectin. So what did you make of that? Oh, it was it was infuriating. Um, not surprising. Not surprising. Uh, but still really maddening. And I do think, as you, as you highlighted in your intro, I do think the stuff he says, the misinformation that he pushes, can do real harm. He has a huge following. People, you know, his, his following just loves him. And uh, it's also important to recognize that that demographic is the exact demographic that often isn't vaccinated, 
um, you know, it's that 18 to 29 male demographic that we know is more likely to be complacent, more likely not to be vaccinated, and perhaps, perhaps to be um, somewhat anti-vax. And, and a lot of the things that he said in the past kind of nudge that community in the wrong in the wrong direction. So I was really not surprised, but still upset about his comments about how he decided to treat his COVID. And, and right off the top, Rob, I think it's important to recognize, I think there was two really big problems with it. First, the whole idea of the kitchen sink approach <laughs> to treating a disease yeah. is entirely mistaken. You know, more is not always better. You just don't spam your body with, with pharmaceuticals, and that's, the, you know, always the best way to go. Secondly, in that list of things that he suggested he was using, almost all of them are either unproven or potentially harmful. So, you know, super problematic on a number of levels. It is. And, you know, I, and I don't know if it's a case of, you know, we're looking for a, a quick and simple fix to this pandemic. And that would be that would be tempting because of how long this is, is dragged on. And we're still in the throes of it, it feels like, um, you know, we, we've seen it before. I think the hydroxychloroquine uh, controversy very much mirrors this one. What, what do you attribute this all to? Yeah, I think it's very similar to the hydroxychloroquine story. Um, and I do think there's an element of, you know, we want a simple answer to this fantastically complex problem. But, but, but I think increasingly it's apparent this is about ideology. This is about in-group signaling. Because, you know, studies have told us that there is a lot of overlap uh, between those individuals. And I have to be careful to overgeneralize, but for, for uh, the purposes of discussion, a lot of studies have shown a pretty tight overlap between those individuals that are anti-vax, those individuals that are suspicious of the government public health policies, those individuals who are anti-mask, and those individuals that believe in hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. And so that's a fascinating kind of overlap. And then part of it is because the exact same individuals that are telling their communities that either the vaccines don't work, the public health measures aren't necessary, are the same individuals telling them that ivermectin does work, right, and, and that this informa- and the information about benefit is being suppressed. So um, I think it's, it's become, you know, ivermectin, you know, bizarre as this may sound, has become an ideological flag, and, and that is now how it's being, it's being, that's one of the reasons why it's being embraced by so many people in, in those communities. Yeah, there seems like a contradiction, and and maybe it's more about other things than than the actual specifics. But you know, the idea that uh, vaccines uh, are unproven and you know they're developed by big pharma. Well, you know, Merck is a pretty big drug company. They're the ones who who um, you know sell ivermectin under the brand name Stromectol. And you know, in terms of it as a COVID treatment, it's very much unproven. In fact, the studies really would suggest that there's not a lot of benefit there. So doesn't it, that seem like a contradiction that we don't want one big pharma product, but send me this other one? So many, so many contradictions. You know, where do you start, Rob? I mean, <laughs> right. it, is, it is fascinating how, you know, I, I've said that this next sentence many times in the anti-vaxxers go, oh, that's not true. This, this next sentence is true. These vaccines are probably the most studied vaccines in human history. You know, we have hundreds of millions of data points. The, the surveillance has been incredible. The oversight and the scrutiny of these vaccines has been absolutely incredible. And so we have this fantastically robust evidence about both efficacy and the safety profile, which despite, you know, the, the uh, headlines to the contrary, has been really, really impressive, right? So we, in other words, we have this fantastically 
well-studied vaccine that is clearly working. And then on the other hand, we have this unproven therapy that all available evidence tells us is probably not effective. And this community is opting for the latter. And by the way, as you point out, both come from big pharma. right? So it is absolutely fantastically um, interesting. And, and, and I think it really does speak to the degree to which this is about conspiracy thinking, about ideology, about in-group signaling, and, and all those other things that, that warp how we see the universe. And that's the thing. And it's not as though, you know, there's some panel of, of medical guardians that just declared right out of the gate that uh, this shall not be considered as a treatment for, for COVID-19. Uh, we've studied all of these drugs, right? We've looked at hydroxychloroquine. We've looked at ivermectin. We've looked at remdesivir. We've looked at def- dexmethasone. We've looked at existing drugs we have in our arsenal and whether they might be of some benefit. And, and you know, you know, dexmethasone seems to, to be somewhat useful for certain patients and certain hospital settings. Remdesivir, seems it's it's still a little mix so we've we've looked at these right i think there's some idea out there that we're ignoring data or that we haven't bothered looking in the first place i think we've been very curious about all of this haven't we Uh, we have we have and and, and in fact some would argue that we've we've prematurely studied um some of these interventions in the hope that you know we've rolled the dice in the hope that they would be effective where you know and if it wasn't a pandemic we would have required more you know, animal studies, more pre, pre-clinical data in order to justify funding. And, you know, if anything, we've, we've sort of accelerated the analysis of these pharmaceuticals, and for good reason, right, for, the, for these interventions, you know, for good reason. Um, and, and, you know, you've, I'm sure you've had a lot of experts on your show, Rob, uh, you know, epidemiologists and clinicians and researchers and public health experts. I'm fortunate I get to work with, you know, all those communities, and I don't know a single person that wouldn't love, love there to be an effective treatment. We all want an effective treatment. Yeah. So this idea that somehow this data is being suppressed is, you know, obviously, you know, not proven by anything and doesn't even make conceptual sense. You know, we all, we all want uh, a drug that is effective. And again, it seems counterintuitive because let's compare my resume and yours on these matters. There's no contest. So you come on and, and you lay it all out. If I were to, to let you go and, and then turn around and say, look, these experts, they, they don't know what they're talking about. Take it from me, Rob Breckenridge, talk show host. You should take this. They're suppressing it. That for whatever reason, that's a compelling message to some. The idea that the experts don't know what they're talking about and the very much non-experts somehow hold the truth. It, it is fascinating. And, you know, this is one of the things that we're, we're interested in at our, at our institute is studying why, what messages sort of permeate and, and why they get so much traction. Well, first of all, we know that testimonials um, can be very persuasive, and often, and that's definitely happened in this con- context, right, where there'll be an individual that gets on social media and talks about how beneficial ivermectin has been for them, or hydroxychloroquine, or an IV drip, or whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we know that that can be persuasive. Secondly, um, we know that uh, you know, this, this powerful narrative, if it speaks to your ideology, right, it speaks to your worldview, and that's one of the reasons that Joe Rogan is so persuasive, is that he feels like, you know, he, he's my kind of person, he speaks my language, and so what he says is going to be more persuasive to me. And by the way, I think we need to be really careful. These cognitive biases, they impact all of us, right? Right yeah. 
on the ideological spectrum, left on the ideological spectrum, they impact all of us, right? And, the, and I think the important thing is to recognize that those sort of cognitive tendencies are there and to do your best to see through them. And I suppose, if nothing else, I mean, Joe Rogan is in his 50s, but, um, you know, he's, he's clearly very healthy. He, he exercises a lot. He talks a lot about, you know, eating well. And, and some of this is good stuff. I mean, he's very big on, on vitamin D and supplements and, and that whole thing. But the idea that that can somehow protect you from COVID-19, I guess, if, if nothing else this week, it's kind of put some of those notions to rest, hasn't it? Yeah, that's that was you know the first thing I thought about was that anger about the kitchen sink approach, and that was the second thing I thought. Isn't it ironic that this was the guy saying that if you were healthy, maybe you don't need a vaccine, right? If you're healthy, yeah. maybe you shouldn't be so fearful of of COVID. If you're healthy, maybe you know you can come to my comedy show. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, he was saying all that you know that that was that really was the message emanating from the Joe Rogan show, and and then here he is, he gets sick. And and, and as you know. You know, supplements is, is are that's not a cure for COVID or a way to prevent it. You know, some kind of magical exercise is not a way to prevent COVID. You know, very healthy individuals, Olympians, have gotten have gotten COVID. It really is about about the vaccine. Absolutely, we'll leave it there. Appreciate the insight as always, Tim Caulfield. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Thanks for having me on, Rob. All the best. Uh, there you go. Uh, some insight, Dr. Timothy Caulfield, uh, the University of Alberta, and uh, you know some phenomena. Certainly, that that uh, phenomena he's certainly studied in in his work. He's uh, Canada Research Chair in Health Law and Policy, a professor in the Faculty of Law and the School of Public Health at the U of A, and also Research Director at the U of A's Health Law Institute. So, for whatever reason, yeah, this this notion persists, and there are conspiracy theorists and charlatans who uh, want to tell you that they have the truth, they know the truth, and the truth is being suppressed. And this has been going on for years. You know, the idea there's a cure for cancer that they don't want you to know about, or that they're holding back. And that resonates with some people. And so the idea that we've got something easy, cheap at our disposal, you take a pill, it's no problem then yeah, if that were true, we wouldn't have to worry about COVID at all. Maybe that's part of the uh, appeal here. Look, by all means, if there's any indication that something could possibly be helpful, let's take a closer look at it. Let's study it. And that's, that's the thing here. We've done that. We've done that with numerous drugs, this one included. Anyway, we'll take a time out here. We'll come back, a few other things to get to in our time remaining. Your calls as well. Our number in Calgary, 403-974-8255. In Edmonton, 780-496-0063. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.